The Avidea Podcast, brought to you by Express Care with Avidea, with clinics in the Elysian in Cork and Northwood and Tala in Dublin. There's nothing more important than health. Hello and welcome to the Afadea podcast. I'm Al Dunn and today I'm delighted to be talking again to the Irish hockey player and World Cup silver medalist Chloe Watkins. Chloe, you're very welcome. We want to talk to you about your career and talk about the highs and lows and the challenges you've faced along the way. Now, the Watkins family, they're no strangers to hockey, so it was no surprise that you took up the game. No, it wasn't at all. Um, I suppose hockey's a very uh, prominent sport within my family. My dad and my uncle both played for Ireland uh, my brother played for Ireland and, and my sister is heavily involved in our club, Monkstown Hockey Club. Um, and I suppose my mum's been dragged into it. She has no yes. choice. Um, so I suppose, yeah, it was always it was always growing up. It was something that we were very used to going along to the hockey hockey matches, standing on the sideline and watching my brother or my dad play. And you played alongside your sister on teams as well. What's that like? Yeah, that was great. We um, She's only a year and a half older than me, right. so... Uh, she was always. Is she still the older sister? Is it still a case that she still boss you around on the t- on the team? Or? Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, yeah, she she's uh, she can drop the voice now and, and <laughs> right. Um, but she was, I suppose, she was always captain and that kind of thing when I was coming through. Yeah. So uh, you know, I, I definitely had her to kind of pave the way for me a little bit, certainly through school, and it was always lovely to play with her. When did you realise that you were better at this than than other people around you? Um, or does it dawn on you? I no. I I think I just always loved playing it. I just I just loved uh, the challenge that within the sport. It's a very technical game, and mm. I you know I loved football. I loved playing everything, tennis, golf. I loved everything, but hockey really uh, sat with me. I just yeah, I loved the different skills involved. Something you know it was always challenging you to try and learn. There was always something to to kind of figure out with it. So. Uh, from that point of view, I just I just loved it. But there was no light bulb moment when you thought, actually, I'm I'm probably better than most of these people on the team. I would have I would have been, you know, maybe playing on teams when from a young age, yeah, uh, playing up my up my age group a little bit. Um, but I never ever wanted to to make that, you know, an excuse for myself. Mm. Oh, I just, absolutely. I just wanted to to kind of play my best and contribute what I could to the team. So. You know, I suppose I always felt a responsibility to contribute mm-hmm. as much as I could. And you made the Leinster Schoolgirls final. How big a deal now was that at the time? Oh, that was the biggest thing. Mm. <laughs> Absolutely the, the the biggest thing in my life at the time. Um, schools hockey was just the be all and end all. And, uh, you know, you're playing against against your friends from other schools. Yeah. Uh, Leinster Cup was always the one you wanted to win. And it was a great day out for the whole school. So... Uh, yeah, when when we won that, it was you know I was lucky enough to win three of them in school, so uh, it was very lucky, and it was certainly um, you know huge at the time for us. And and that's big. Then you go on and you win the All Ireland Club Championship with Hermes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, again, I was extremely lucky. My club Hermes at the time. Now we've amalgamated and become Monkstown, but. Mm. Um, there was a number of international players. So when I was 15, 16, coming into the senior team, uh, I had these international players like Linda Caulfield, Jenny Burke, all these players to look up to. And I absolutely idolised them. So I got the chance to kind of break into that team. Mm. Um, and we did very well. We got, you know, as you said, got an All-Ireland Championship when I was probably yeah, 16 or 17. So it was great to get a taste of success at a young age. Presumably when you're when you're when you go into a team like that and you're playing with fantastic players, your game, does it automatically up? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, 
you know, they were so good. There was a few of us, I suppose, that were the younger players and they were so good to us. But it was as, as well, they were showing us the standards that, you know, you needed to reach. Mm. And training wise, they were just unbelievable trainers. You know, they'd go through you, but it was great because, you know, that was the level that you needed to get to. So I think I learned a huge amount from a lot of them. And then uh, you had your call up to the Ireland team. Do you remember your first call up to the Ireland team? I do, yeah. Um, it was just after the leaving cert, so I was uh, 18. And we were going to Scotland on a trip. We were playing Scotland in Scotland. And I think I got on for maybe five minutes and right. it was the fastest thing I'd ever experienced. Mm. I was crawling off the pitch. Uh, but it was great. And my, and my dad got over to watch uh, me and my friend from school. We actually got our caps at the same time, Neve Atchler, so uh, and Anna Flanagan. So that was great. Um, nice thing to look back on now. Nice memory. How do you get the call up? What way does it work? I had been involved um, in the training panel for a couple of months um, and I had been kind of introduced into some gym programs and some some regional sessions um, in sort of the year leading up to that. Mm-hmm. So um, I suppose you're juggling a lot of things when you're at that age. You've got all your school hockey, you've got your underage hockey, you've got, you know, a lot of teams to play for. Um, and I think the coach, the national coach was definitely aware that I was young and, and he wanted to let me uh, make sure I developed properly, didn't throw me in the deep end. So was waited. it was it a surprise then when you got the call, or given you'd been in that environment for the previous twelve months? Um, I suppose I was I was pushing and hoping to get into mm. one of the trips. Um, so when it it happened, sort of as I said, just after my leaving cert, it was July in two thousand and ten. Um, I was just so excited for it. I, I was hoping it would come. So uh, I was more excited, I think, than surprised. Great. You've had a lot of highs with Ireland. What were the best moments for you? Uh, the World Cup was certainly one of the best moments. I know for, for the, our families as well. Um, the supporters had a great time. Um, that and Donnybrook at the, at the Olympic qualifiers. And then as well in Tokyo, you know, it was such an incredible experience mm. at the Olympics. But obviously... Hockey wise, it wasn't our best. I wasn't our highest moment. I would have said, but uh, I think looking back on London, it was it was just an incredible two weeks for us. Well, that really put you on the map, didn't it? Um, there must have been some challenges as well, though. Oh yeah, there were probably more downs than ups uh, <laughs> playing for Ireland over the last ten or twelve years. So uh, I think the first sort of eight years, it was. It was disappointment after disappointment. That's what it felt like anyway. So, you know, we were missing out on World Cup qualification. Mm. We were missing out on Olympic qualification. Um, And we were getting closer each time, but we were still falling down. So uh, there was plenty, plenty of disappointments, Um, especially that Rio qualifier, I think, was probably our toughest moment in 2015 um, because it was a shootout and it was penalties Mm. and we had had really trained extremely hard for that. But uh, I think it probably did stand to us then when, when... um, Tokyo qualifiers came around. How difficult is it after a game like that to put that behind you then and go into the next game uh, and be positive and I suppose do your best to just forget about it? Yeah, that's that's the challenge I think with high performance sport um, with major tournaments it's trying to keep your emotions at a stable level all the time so you're not getting too high if you have a good win mm. and you're not getting too low if you've lost it's just like you have to kind of park it draw a line and reset for the next day um, and I think you know as a team we definitely helped each other to do that and it was it was definitely our focus in tournaments and that's what we managed very well in the World Cup for example because 
it was extremely emotional and yeah. exciting. But at the same time, we had to kind of come back down to earth and focus on the next game. So it works both ways, I think. It is the Affidea podcast and let's bring your health into it. You did have a, have a, a heart issue, which ha- you found out about in South Africa. How did that come about? Yeah, um, I had actually, I had had one or two uh, heart palpitations over a couple of years um, from sort of 2015. And then we went to a a warm weather camp in, in South Africa in 2020, the beginning of 2020, I think it was, or 2019 maybe, sorry. And um, yeah, I was just suffering from random palpitations that would happen, but they'd be quite prolonged for maybe mm. 40, 45 minutes. So, um, you know, heart rate would be up around 200. So it, was, it wasn't ideal. And it certainly, if I was... You know, I, I would be out of training for a couple of days. Um, so if we were at a tournament or something, you know, I, I couldn't really rely, rely on it. Um, so I suppose when we came back, um, the the specialist and the doctor just said, I think it's a good idea to get this small procedure done. And it's, you know, relatively invasive. It's it's a day kind of recovery, stay overnight and you're, you're home. Mm. So uh, we kind of did it very quickly when I came home in, in that February because obviously... The schedule was jam-packed and we were, we were preparing for an Olympics, so it was a matter of just getting it done and trying to recover from it. But um, I'm very, very grateful that I did get it done. Well, just to be clear, your heartbeat went up to about 200 beats a minute for 45 minutes. Yeah, yeah, it, it was it was that kind of... How did it affect you after the 45 minutes? I'd just be exhausted, yeah, yeah. absolutely exhausted. Um, you know, I would get sort of dizzy throughout the thing I'd have to obviously lie down but then it's the few days after it yeah. that you're just spent um, I was kind of he was telling me like it's the equivalent you know obviously your heart's a muscle as well so mm-hmm. it would be like your your hamstring or something go, exactly yeah. going for, for 45 minutes flat out so it, it's just I suppose you said it's not hugely you know life threatening right now mm. but um, as a high, high performance athlete it's not something you want to have in the back of your head either so effectively, they go in and they just reset the timing on it, do they? That's it. Yeah, yeah. they just kind of send a little uh, shot of something to try and get. It's the electric yeah. uh, circuit around the heart kind of thing, and then they just do a, a catheter ablation um, and zap that zap the part that's overstimulated. End I off. think that's, and, that's and, my understanding. And it hasn't. Ha- yeah, well, you you know more than I do. Uh, it's it hasn't affected you since. It hasn't. No, no. Thankfully, I've been great since. Well, good, and long may you long may you be great. I, I don't want to bring, I don't like bringing this up, but um, you're thirty this year. <laughs> Two hundred and twenty nine caps for Ireland. Is that uh, correct? That's what I have written here. Uh, I think it's around that. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. Uh, how much longer do you see yourself playing? That's uh, a hard question to mm. to answer straight, but um, it's just I suppose at the stage I'm at in my life. I still feel competitive mm. and I still feel that I want to play and um, I still love hockey but there's obviously other things that you have to juggle and prioritise um, at this point I'm not I'm not just in college without any mm. <laughs> cares in the yeah. world um, so I think at the moment you know I, I I have some work commitments and things that I really want to put my time into um, but hopefully in the new year I can I can assess again and maybe you know try and get back into the squad and, and really uh, see if I can play for, for Ireland again. I, I'm not ready to retire yet anyway. That's very good. I presume you've got a few. What's the typical retiring age? Is there a typical retiring age in hockey? It's about 35, 40. Isn't it? it's, it's, probably, it it's probably around early to mid 30s. Mm. It, it depends because it's such a huge commitment. Yeah. It really depends um, on, on, on supports and on um, your other 
commitments and that kind of thing. And and sometimes I think for me, I've just had to take a step away from it now in order to try and see if I can I can commit to it again, I yeah. suppose. Very good. OK, and finally, what advice would you give to up and coming athletes? Um, I think I think a lot of the time um, we kind of see failures or or, you know, when you don't achieve something or you don't win something that that's you know a failure and actually it's part of your learning process it's part of your uh way to improve and I think young athletes need to kind of embrace embrace that and not let it get the best of them I think that's where you learn your biggest lessons and hopefully uh you use it as a strength the next time you come around to it so um I think for any any young athlete out there if they don't get picked or if they get mm. dropped or that kind of thing it's all just part of a learning process and if you can use it to your advantage next time that's that's the best way to deal with it that's great it's always good to talk to you Chloe thank you that was Chloe Watkins uh, thank you for your time today on the Affidea podcast we'll see you next time the Affidea podcast brought to you by Express Care with Affidea with clinics in the Elysian in Cork and Northwood and Tala in Dublin There's nothing more important than health.